the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No book on earth is deeper and richer than the Bible, and few passages of Scripture go deeper than the book of Romans. Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles with us to Romans and listen in to part one of this message as we learn together from God's Word. I preached and began teaching through Romans chapter 11 three weeks ago, but we uh, had a two-week interruption for some important things uh, that went on, like our church anniversary, and then last week I was in Colorado uh, preaching a family conference, at, or, or two weeks ago I was in Colorado, last week was anniversary, however it was. I was gone somewhere, and I've slept since then, uh, but uh, three weeks ago we were in Romans chapter uh, 11. Uh, 10 and 11, and uh, this week we're there as well. And, and I got to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of illustrations. Uh, I don't have, I, I think I have like three or four written down in my in my notes. I don't have any funny jokes uh, to uh, like uh, warm up the crowd. So it will be like our assistant pastors are preaching. All right. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. No. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm teasing. Obviously love those guys. Super thankful whenever they fill in for me. They're some of my favorite preachers. and uh, But I do want to give a little bit of background uh, just to help us get the context of what we are doing. So if you would, uh, look over in Romans chapter 10. Uh, and uh, verses 9 to 17 of Romans chapter 10, I'll be brief here, but verses 9 to 17 of Romans chapter 10, we see the clarity of the gospel. I'm not going to take time to read all of the text, but verse number 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Under the clarity of the gospel, we see its simplicity. I want to say this this morning with great clarity. The gospel gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. What is the good news of Jesus Christ? The good news of Jesus Christ is you're a sinner. What does that mean? It means you violated God's law. You have, you're a sinner. And because you violated God's law, just like with me, you have no hope of a relationship with God. It is, it is absolutely unavailable to you. Um, matter of fact, the Bible says that once you've sinned, you're destined for hell for all eternity. And there is no hope other than through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary for your sin. So the simplicity of the gospel is this. You're a sinner. You need a savior. Only Jesus can save you. Put your faith and trust in him. And it's simple. Some people want to make the gospel incredibly complex. Now listen to me. Look at me if you are an engineer, a science major, or your family stares at you when you tell jokes because they're not funny. But you think they are. You're like, oh, this joke is funny. No, no, it's not. Now let me, let me be super candid. Here's the, here's the issue. The gospel is incredibly simple. 
stop making the gospel complex. God did not send Jesus from heaven to earth to confuse mankind. He sent Jesus from heaven to earth to save mankind. Jesus actually said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, pastor, there's more to it than that. Really? Because that's not what Paul said when he was inspired of God. That Jesus is the son of God. God sent Jesus from heaven to earth to die on a cross. Jesus was buried. Three days later, under his own power, he rose again. And if you'll put your faith that Jesus is God and rose from the grave to save your eternal soul, God promises to save you. That's the gospel. Well, I heard somebody say, I have to get baptized. The Bible doesn't say that. I heard somebody say, I have to be selected. The Bible doesn't say that. I heard somebody say, I have to go talk to a priest and that priest has to absolve me of my sin. The Bible certainly doesn't say that. I heard I have to give money. That's true. (laughs) Totally lying. That is not true. That is not the gospel. The gospel is salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So pastor, I have a dark past. Jesus has a bright future. I've messed up in my past. Jesus will clean up your present. You don't understand how bad it's been. You don't understand how good it can be. Well, how can that be? By putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. The gospel is simple. If you're here and don't know Christ as your savior, you don't even have to wait till the end of the service when we play the mood music to get you to talk to somebody. You can right there in your chair, pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and you'll be eternally saved eternally saved. The gospel is simple. The gospel is available. Between verses 11 and verse number 13, four times, the apostle Paul uses the word whosoever or all, and that's the Greek word pos, and it means the totality, completeness, or oneness of all mankind. Let's just read like one or two verses of verse of chapter number nine. Um, chapter number 10. The scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The totality, completeness, or oneness of all mankind. For there's no difference between the Jew or Greek. There's, there's no special people. You don't have to worry about not being saved because of where you're from or who you've been or who your daddy is or who your mom is or any of that. No, salvation is available to all mankind. Whosoever believeth, verse number 11, on him shall not be ashamed. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all, over all, that's the same Greek word as whosoever, pause, totality, completeness, or oneness is rich into all, same word, totality, completeness, or oneness is rich into all that call upon him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The gospel is simple. The gospel is available. And the gospel, verse 14 to 17, is supposed to be propagated. How shall they call on him of whom they not believe? How shall they believe in him of whom they not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Goes on to say, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, peace that bring glad tidings of good things. I want to thank everybody who came to all church outreach yesterday. You know what you did? You propagated the gospel. You say, well, I'm scared to propagate the gospel. Don't be scared of obeying Jesus. He empowers us makes it available. He empowers us. The same Lord that saved you will sanctify you. The same Lord that sanctified you will sustain you. And and I'm just telling you, it's awesome when people obey the Lord. 
So the gospel is clear, the clarity of the gospel. Then we saw in Romans chapter 10, verses 18 to 21, the result of Israel's rejection. Now, verse chapters 9, 10, and 11 of the book of Romans are dealing with God's relationship with Israel on the earth. And we see the results of Israel's rejection. Verse number 18, the Bible says, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their wounds into the ends of the world. Israel's rejection is seen in that Israel is guilty of rejecting Jesus Christ. It's a sad reality when people reject Jesus Christ. But their rejection, listen to this phrase very clearly, their rejection does not mean that the gospel is without power. The gospel will still go out when people reject Christ. I've probably thought, you may have thought this in your life. Well, I shared the gospel with these people. They rejected it. What's the point? Here's the point is that somebody else will hear. And some of you have a friend, a family, a co- family member, a coworker, somebody that you know, and you shared the gospel with them, maybe even a stranger, and they didn't hear, and you got discouraged. I understand the feeling of discouragement, but brothers and sisters, could I encourage you? Don't be discouraged. Uh, don't be delighted either, but be determined to press on and find somebody who is ready to hear the gospel. The gospel is available even when people reject the gospel. Somebody else will hear. Israel is guilty. They rejected Christ. So verses 19 to 20, the Gentiles would hear. And God is still speaking to the nation of Israel, verse 21, even in their rejection. We then come to chapter number 11. And we see the reality of God's continued appeal to the nation of Israel. The reality of God's continued appeal. Chapter 11 is... Primary. We'll make application to us today, but it is primarily dealing with the fact that God is still making overtures and doing uh, wonderful work uh, with the people of Israel to see them come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So much so that the big idea of this chapter is this, God continually proves himself to the point where unbelief is unreasonable. God continually proves himself to the point where unbelief is unreasonable. I've heard people tell me, leave that up for a second, please. I've had people tell me in my life as I've shared the gospel with them, as we've talked about our faith, I've had people say things like this to me over and over again. Well, Chris, uh, I just think that it's unscientific to put faith in Christ. I think faith is unreasonable. Here's Paul's belief. God has proved himself to the point where unbelief or rejecting Christ Christ, that's what's unreasonable. Rejecting Christ is unreasonable. And so Paul establishes that reality with a couple of things. And he's talking primarily to the nation of Israel. And he, and, and he establishes that with this, these points that we see in Romans chapter 11. And the first point that we see in Romans chapter 11 is found in verse number one. Paul says, hey, God is still working and God is still striving and God is continuing, continuing to appeal to you. And, and Paul says, I am evidence of that. Or we see that God's continual appeal in Paul's personal testimony. 
Paul's personal testimony, verse number one. I say then, chapter 11, hath God cast away his people or has God rejected the Jews? God forbid. That's the strongest negative answer in the Greek language. It means absolutely not, in no way. A literal trans- translation of it would be, may it never be, but it's, it's spoken with great volume and intensity. So imagine me screaming that. I won't do it because it'd be weird, but, but that's what's going on here. May it never be. Paul says, here, here's how we know that. For I also am an Israelite, verse number one, of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. So before you think, here's what Paul is saying, to the, to the Jews that are in the church at Rome and all Jews everywhere and all Gentiles everywhere through the inspiration of the Spirit of God, Paul is saying, before you think God's done with the nation of Israel, understand this, God's still working on me. It's his personal testimony. Could I stop and give an aside and remind you that the greatest evangelism tool that you have in your life is is not being a great apologist. It's not being able to make 52 arguments for the reason for your faith. It's not being able to memorize every verse in the Bible about salvation, though, though apologetics is great. And I think you should memorize verses from the Bible. I've memorized a ton. I think you should. But the greatest tool for evangelism that you have in your life is your personal testimony. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. You telling somebody who doesn't know Jesus that you know Jesus and how Jesus changed your life and your eternity. And the problem is so often Christians won't share their testimony. Christians won't often tell the lost and dying world what happened to them. Christians won't say like, oh, this is how Jesus changed my life. The greatest evangelistic tool you have is your personal testimony. By the way, that's why Paul uses it. This is how Jesus changed my life. Now, the testimony of yourself does not supersede the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, but you're testifying how the work of Jesus Christ on the cross changed your life and how it can change anyone else's life. Your testimony has no power apart from Jesus. It's like this. You ever meet people? How how do you know that somebody's a vegan or does CrossFit uh, or there's one other thing? How do you know? Because they'll tell you. You can recant your race very long. You'll know that I do CrossFit. You know why? Because I'm going to testify to the fact that it worked in my life and not Bernie's. If you're a guest here, Bernie is our uh, music guy. Uh, he's the handsome guy that was up here kind of leading and all of that. Does a great job. I love him to death. I love to joke around. He's like, he's like a brother to me. Uh, we don't have the same parents, but um, anyway. Um, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how it changed my life. I've been like, hey, I'm willing to try it. I think it's a shame if I have more fervor for CrossFit or being a vegan, by the way, by the way. <laughs> the Bible says meat for the belly and the belly for meat. God hath provided both it and them. If you're a vegan, we offer counseling. And we'll, right after service, we will offer counseling and we will pray for you and we'll take you to get a hamburger. Now, if you, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing 100%. But, but I think it's a shame if I'm more evangelistic about my workout regimen or what I eat than I am about my eternal soul and the change that was made by the work of Jesus Christ. 
Paul shared his personal testimony. I got to hurry. We saw in verses two to five, Elijah, the greatest prophet in the nation of Israel that they would have thought of at that time. And it seems by the, the amount of times that he's referred to and, and maybe even if I would, the, the distinction that he's often referred to in the New Testament, that that's probably an accurate statement. We won't know till we get to heaven. Maybe we'll know. Maybe we won't know. I don't know. But Elijah's testimony, uh, Paul uses in verse two to five, like, Hey, how do you know God's still working on Israel? Well, Elijah thought he was all alone and that God God was done with the nation of Israel. And God said to Elijah, hey, bro, I've got 7,000 people who've not bowed the knee to Baal. Don't, this is God speaking to Elijah, don't assume that I'm through because you don't see what I'm doing. And I would say to you, don't assume God's through in a crazy, chaotic world because we don't see what God's doing. Because truth be told, it seems like it's crazy and chaotic. Can I get an amen? Like, holy cow, what is going on now? Every day we wake up in some new thing and some new trial and some new person is going to get arrested and some new thing in Washington and some new fight at the House of Representatives. And now college basketball coaches are fighting for crying out loud. And we're just like, what is happening here? Well, make no mistake, God's doing the work. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Elijah's testimony. And then we see verses 5 to verse number 8, there are still believers who are being faithful. Paul says, you think that God's done with Israel? No, you need to understand there are Jewish believers who are still faithful to the Lord. And this book, this letter, the book of Romans is being read to the church at Rome, which is comprised of a split between Jews and Gentiles. We don't know the percentage, but it's going to be something like 60-40 or 50-50-ish. So we don't know. So there's going to be plenty of Jews or a lot of Jews in the crowd, former Jews that had put their faith and trust in Christ or, or, or that, that used to worship at the temple and now have put their faith and trust in Christ. And, and it's almost like Paul is saying, by the way, I'm a testimony, but so are you. There are people that are still faithful to the Lord. And then David's testimony we read about in verse 9 and 10, and we studied that a couple of weeks ago as well. Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. And we looked at David's testimony. Well, we said all of that, 14 minutes to get to verse number 11 and the message. And it took us a while, but it's been three weeks, so I wanted to give a fair background so we didn't uh, misunderstand the text. And Paul is continuing to convey the hope of the gospel and the reality of God's continued appeal to people, primarily to the Jews. In chapter 11, it is the Jews, but we can certainly make application this day to ourselves if we're Jew or not. Now, we'll deal with it from the Jewish perspective because that's the crowd and we're an expositional preaching church, but understand that this application is for all people. And Paul is saying, hey, don't misunderstand. God is still working. And God is still talking and God is still appealing to people. And we understand that not just from Paul's testimony and not just from Elijah's testimony and not just from Christians who are still serving the Lord uh, and not just from David's testimony, but we see in verse 11 to 15, Gentiles are being saved. I say then, verse number 11, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Gentiles are being saved. We, we see in this text, the Jews rejected Christ. We said, have they stumbled? The word stumbled means to err or to offend. 
And, and Paul is referring here to, a, 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 in this next word, fall to an utter rejection of Christ. Have they stumbled that they should fall? They rejected Christ that they should fall. And that word fall there means to be totally defeated or to be totally ruined. Has their stumbling, has their rejection, we would say it this way, has their rejection, I mean, you see it in the text, right? Has their rejection of Jesus Christ been so complete that they never as a people will have opportunity to receive Christ again? As a nation, as a nationality, does this mean that no Jew would ever be saved now, picture in your mind 2,000 years ago as this letter is read in front of the church at Rome. And it's probably the first time that it's read. Maybe the reader would have read it like this. Have they stumbled that they should fall? And he just gives a pause. And then the Jews in the crowd are like, oh, I hope that's not the case. I hope this doesn't mean it's hopeless. And, and Paul uses that word that we talked about earlier, God forbid, or absolutely not, or may it never be. No way is God saying that. No way has, has their rejection of Jesus Christ been the finality. Uh, yes, they rejected Christ. There's no doubt about that. But the Jews' rejection of Christ does not supersede the mercy and grace of God. If rejection superseded the mercy and grace of Christ, none of us would be saved. None of us would know Christ. And so Paul is saying, no, their rejection does not supersede the grace of God. It, 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 it is not that. God forbid. Let me give you this help this morning. And it could be salvific or it could be in your sanctification. But the failures of your yesterday do not determine the purpose of your today, nor the direction of your tomorrow. Jesus changes everything. The failures of your yesterday. Well, pastor, in 2002, okay, the failures of your yesterday did not determine the purpose of your today or the direction of your tomorrow. But pastor, in 2017, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's some massive regrets represented in this room. There's a lot of darkness that, that has been affected good people in this room. But the failures of your yesterday do not determine the purpose of your today nor the direction of your tomorrow. You might even be here going, well, pastor, last night or this morning. Okay, the failures of your yesterday do not determine the purpose of your today nor the direction of your tomorrow. Well, why is that? Because Jesus changes everything. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient. Well, they stumbled and fell. Is God done with them? God forbid. No. No, he's not done with them. Absolutely not. But the Jews did reject Christ. And Paul is helping them to see the second part of verse number 11, the Gentiles are being saved. But rather through their fall, the fall of the Jews, salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. 
It's important to understand that the Old Testament promise to the Gentiles were linked to Israel's rise entering the kingdom. And prophecies like Isaiah chapter 11 and Isaiah chapter 60 make it clear that the Gentiles will share in Israel's kingdom. But, but Israel did not rise. Israel fell. And so there's a, there's a, uh, three tragedies in this text that we see for the Jews. And in verse number 11, we see that they fell. That's what he says. Uh, but rather through their fall. Now, the first word, word fall in chapter 11 means, means, uh, uh, total destruction, finality, no hope, hopeless. It's over. It's done. There's no hope. But the second word here is a different Greek word and it means something completely different. But rather through their fall. This word means their, their sin, their transgression, their trespass. It's a, it's an antonym for justification. It's an antonym for the relationship being made right with God. Their fall, their no longer right with God. They can be right with God, but one of the consequences of their rejection is that, and the tragedies born out of their rejection is that they fell. Number two, they're lost. Verse number 12. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and notice this next, next major word. You should circle it in your Bible or with your finger or whatever, underline it, pay attention to it. And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles. The word diminishing means the lost or an unsuccessful ending to a struggle. An unsuccessful ending to a struggle. To, to lose a match, to, to lose a fight. It's an unsuccessful ending to a struggle. So one of the consequences for Israel's rejection of Christ is that they fell. Another one of the consequences of the Jews' rejection of Christ is that they are lost. And verse number 15, um, the Bible says this in verse 15, for if the castawaying, casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life and death? They're cast away. They're rejected. They're rejected. So they fell. They're no longer justified. There's sin. There's transgression. It's the antonym of justification. They are, they've lost the struggle and they're cast away. Well, why did these things happen? Because God is mad at them? No. Because they rejected Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful series of messages from Romans. Speaking of, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, the Bible, and how to go to heaven, we invite you to visit CanyonRidgeRadio.com for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.